Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Parent Choice Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kristen, and my mom is here with me as well, Rhonda McAfee. Hey, hey. Yes, we are excited to present a new topic today. We will be discussing math. But before we get into that, I hope that you know that we are all about school led by parents for the kids. We are powered by Homeschooler Education Network. And basically, HEN is what we like to call it, Homeschooler Education Network, so H-E-N. We are just here to empower parents to take on the role of educating their children by supporting them with knowledge, services, and resources needed to confidently start stabilize and sustain their homeschool. And the purpose of this podcast is to just give food for thought, talk about different educational philosophies, just some of the things that we're noticing and seeing and inviting you to journey with us as we discuss, you know, what we notice with children and and children and education and, you know, what are some things that we can do as parents, as teachers, as people who care to really cause their learning to be effective. So, Without further ado, Mom, would you like to let them know what our focus question for the day is? Okay, so we are um, we're going to move on. Like uh, Kristen said, we're going on to talk about math. We get three weeks in literacy. Now we're hitting math. So focus question: What's the difference, Kristen, in what is known as old math? And what we now have learned to be taught in the schools today is new math. What's the difference? Good question. Yeah, good question. And I know that a lot of parents, um, you know, you're, you're having that same question. Your, your child is bringing home math, simple math, in the um, primary school age, just um, primary school grades and you know it one way because that's how you learn how to do it but the teacher taught them to do it in a different way so that's the new way the new math so Kristen let's um let's talk on let's start with the new math I mean the what do they call it well, what we learn and, you know, whenever you go through school as a teacher, um, typically your district is going to teach common core math. That is a very common phrase now. It's not so new that people haven't heard of it. If Nine times out of 10, you've heard of common core math. And um, there's people who have very strong opinions regarding it. Um, and it can be really frustrating, honestly, as parents. Um, when even as teachers, when you're trying to teach your kid something and they're like, no, that's not the way we learned it at school, or that's not the way that the curriculum is presenting it. And so a few things that, you know, the common core math, I believe the intent and heart behind it was, um, you know, it had benefits to it, you know, common core math. They hope that, um, every state would adopt this. Uh, way of doing math. That way, if you have a student that moves from Alabama to Kansas, um, there's going to be standards or topics within the math that they will 
likely have learned already been been introduced to if the standards were the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for second grade, you know, Common Core says within second grade, you're supposed to learn these particular skills, these particular standards. So whether I go to school in Alabama, whether I go to school in Kansas, second grade math, the topics that'll be covered and focused on are the same. And so that was one of the big perks. And then the other big thing um, from what I understand is Common Core was really trying to lean into the idea that, you know, we want our students to be able to think about math in a more flexible way, not in a cookie cutter, you have to do it this way, not really understanding the math, perhaps um, the old way. And my mom will speak more to that, the old way. But as far as like just learning the facts and just knowing how to multiply or divide, knowing how to do it, not really why you're doing it or anything like that, but just being able to um, crank out answers to flashcards and facts and the rote memorization, Common Core was trying to steer away from that in a way and introduce solving different math problems, the same type of problem, but solving it a few different ways to encourage um, different learning styles and things like that. So the hope was within Common Core Math, you show students how math is flexible, how you can learn it and see it in different ways, which will increase a student's curiosity or uh, you know their ability to critical think certain math problems and it, it'll be a way that they can understand things. So whether Common Core was successful about that or not, that was uh, what I understand to be one of the goals. What about you, math? the old way mom what do you have to speak on for that well i honestly i honestly am learning um about the the new way um and i've learned a lot from you you taught third grade for um, seven years counting your student teaching um and i would have to say that the old way if you if i want to just nail something that um um the, a, a, a characteristic of the old way but definitely say like you said uh what they call rote r-o-t-e memorization meaning flash cards you know we're all familiar with that. I know in the audience you're familiar with, you know, using flashcards yes. to learn to learn your addition, uh, to learn your subtraction, your multiplication. Well, in the the old way, that was a that's that was a that was the foundation of math is to learn those those um, those facts, you know, to learn um, and be able to to say them and. Get, and so if you had a, ch a child who didn't learn their addition and didn't know what nine plus five is, like bam, it's 14, or nine times five is 45, or eight times nine, 72, then that okay. child. speedy. That child did what? They fell, they fell through the crack. Right, that's and, true. And what, yeah, so what I'm hearing is that you know, the common core standards is trying to alleviate that and trying to find, okay, so, so they didn't learn it 
Um, they didn't memorize this. Well, how can they still function? How can they still know it? So you get someone like me, I still believe in that. I still believe that we can, you know, we, we can spend more time and just learn this. It'll be so much faster. But I also understand the critical thinking and being able to have other ways. So I think there should be a good mix. Right, Kristen? What do you think? I, yeah, I think a good mix is important because, you know, as great as Common Core and the hopes and, you know, we want kids to think about math and numbers, you know, creatively and flexibly uh, with flexibility. Nine times out of 10, if you're not intentionally having your kid work on something, if they're not interested in math themselves, it's just really hard. Sometimes you teach a new skill, but they don't have the foundation because they don't know the facts or they get into fourth and fifth grade and they're having to do like really long multiplication or division and they don't know their facts. So then they're getting frustrated and you're trying to like really work with them and be patient. But because they don't know their facts, because they don't have that foundation laid, now everything else is becoming more difficult because the time and dedication to really master those wasn't spent. And so Sure, we want kids to see and be able to critically think and learn that math can be done and solved a few different ways, a variety of ways even, but we also can't neglect the um, the positives of what rote memorization does yes. bring, which is, hey, listen, we can be creative and flexible in a second, but we really need to lay down this foundation because if we don't get yeah. this, then it's going to really cause some frustrations as you continue to go further. And we know that math builds. And so if you don't have the foundation piece, it's kind of like building your house on the sand. If you're familiar with that Bible story, instead of on the rock, you need a solid rock. You need a solid foundation to actually build. So then you, you can be creative once you have a great foundation. But if you don't have that, then it really does cause some problems down the road. Right. right. And that's the same way that I, I would, you just took the words straight out of my mouth. You know, um, I believe that it's important for parents to, number one, understand their, their child and understand what type of learner they are. How did God create them? How are they wired? And in, in doing so, there are certain things, like you said, the foundational things, like just teaching those facts. Once you know those facts, like me, the age I am, I know them. I haven't forgotten them. I learned them. They're still there. So sometimes we can try to figure out other ways of getting around things. And, and you just need to go back to the basics and just, hey, these things are they're just, they're solid things. We just have to know them. So maybe we could come up with um, creative ways of how to memorize them, right? Yes. Creative, yeah. Which you did. I could attest to my mom, um, and I taught all my students this when learning multiplication facts. Um, we learn them through skip counting songs. And so right. we're still mastering them, committing them to memory. Um, they're non-negotiables as far as like really committing them to memory. But um, because of the songs, it was a lot easier. The music helped um, and it helped it. All my parents and, you know, uh, students love them. So some teachers even asked me about, you know, recording the, these songs so that they could 
um, share them with their students, especially the fourth and fifth grade, because sometimes in second and third, they weren't getting their facts down and it was causing more issues. And so when they right. found out that some of my students knew their facts better or had a way of, you know, getting to that answer faster than maybe some of their peers, they were like, oh, where did you learn that song? And my mom um, took songs that we were familiar with and put numbers to them. So she had the tune. Then she put numbers, a skip counting pattern to those songs. And it just, I have those songs in my mind. They will never leave. I, I find myself singing them at random times. Um, and we will be sure to share, I can share my resource with parents who are interested in checking these songs out. I did um, do a project my fifth year of teaching where I really prioritize like this is something I want to get done so that I could have it as a resource that my parents, other educators and my students can access. And so I'll be sure to share that with you guys. That is a great way, like my mom said, make learning those foundational things, figure out a way to connect with that learning style and really make um, make it memorable, make it impactful, make it do it in a way that's going to not be boring. Like, okay, we have to do flashcards again, but make it into a game, make it into a song, um, do something where you have maybe motions that go to it, depending on the type of learning style your child has. Exactly. And you can do flashcards. Right. Don't let that be the only thing you do. You know, you can do totally. the songs and then when the child gets to the point they know the song, then you can use the flashcards so they can get faster. You know, have a game, or, uh, you know, a pack of uh, 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 M&Ms to give, you know, if you can, of course, that's, that's a lot of sweets, but still something the child would like. Raisins. You get praise them. <laughs> you, you can praise them, but sometimes you can do a little more. It's up to you sometimes to, to do a little more, but the whole goal is to make learning fun and that's what we say at the end of our podcast each time uh making learning fun if you as a parent especially homeschool parents because that's who we um that's who we serve as homeschool parents and but we believe that we can serve all parents as well and everybody can get something from this but we believe that um the goal if i can figure out how can i make it fun how can i the best way of, of doing this that we can accomplish this goal and get there and we're all happy about getting there yeah i love that and i think we'll end with this um then we'll we're definitely going to spend more time on this topic so stay tuned with us but we listen to this podcast um kids math talk podcast um the title of this particular one was called engaging parents in math with uh, matthew and hillary and they're the authors of um a book called partnering with parents in elementary school math um, I haven't read the book, but based off of this podcast, it definitely sparked my interest on like, okay, like this is obviously something that educators and math coaches are paying attention to and want to get this message right. out. And one of the things that they said that parents, most times um, they interviewed 200 parents nationwide. So obviously that's not every parent represented, but still a fairly good number, 200 parents all said that when they think of math, when they're, and this is elementary school, so we're talking when you're learning your addition, subtraction, fractions, counting money, time, things like that. So we're not getting into middle school, high school math. But 
when parents look at the math now, uh, look at the homework or, you know, those things that their kids are bringing home and talking about when it comes to math as a second grader, third or fourth grader, when parents look at it, when they see how and what's being taught, they immediately have feelings of intimidation, worry, confusion, frustration, and even feelings of being unintelligent, you know? So we know some yeah. some parents, math wasn't their thing. They will tell you that, you know, I was never good at math. And that could be a result of how it was taught or a negative experience. And so that carries on for years. Yeah. And, you know, so we don't know why parents may feel that way. And I would strongly encourage not saying things like that to your kids, because then they'll get that in their mind. They'll say, well, I'm not good at math. My parents aren't good at math. But I won't talk about that for too long. Yeah, because that's our next topic. We're gonna right. We're going to we're gonna dive into that. So, yeah. But you got to come back because we don't want parents to feel these ways. We don't want you to feel intimidated, worried, confused, frustrated, or unintelligent when it comes to teaching math. Like there are ways where you can access it and just see it in a new way, in a new light. And it will be a refreshing reality for your family, for you. Um, they also discuss the four core wants of parents when it comes to, you know, their involvement with math in school. They Parents want to be helpful. They want to be seen as intelligent in front of their kids, confident and familiar with what's being taught. And so we are all about parents getting their hands and dirty in the sense or within the mix or, you know, getting involved with helping and teaching um, your student math. And so we're going to talk more about this topic. Obviously, very excited. We could talk about so much. This is such a layered topic. So we hope to cover some things that you will find valuable, found, find helpful, and I uh, hope you guys will join us next time. Yeah. Join us next time. All right. Well, if we're going to, um, what is it that we want to give our uh, email address? Oh, yes. In email address is info at pen h-e-n for parents.org yes um that's f-o-r um for the email yes. as well as for yes. the email address uh hen www.hen for parents f-o-r for parents.org and you can also that's our website. You can also follow us on Instagram at hen, the number four parents. We would love to um, connect with you, love to talk with you. If you have specific questions about math or need suggestions or help, we would love to brainstorm with you, talk with you, and re really help you to feel more confident and equipped to help your student or whatever situation you find yourself in to excel in the subject of math. That's it. All, All right. right. Re remember to make, make learning, learning fun. fun. See you Bye -bye. guys next time. Bye.